Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is 1 Corinthians 4. Back in the spring of 1992, there was nothing in the world that my brothers and I wanted more than a Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, don't get me wrong, we already had a Nintendo, but the Super Nintendo was so much better and so much cooler that... Uh, The three of us brothers were coming together, which if you have brothers, that's not always the case, but we were coming together to raise our money and save for a Super Nintendo. We were uh, putting our pennies into jars and getting those rolls of coins, you know, we could put our coins in the rolls to save up all of the coins that we could find for a Super Nintendo. And let me just be honest that if it was up to us to raise all of that money, it would have taken a very long time. But that Father's Day at church, my grandfather handed my father a wrapped package that looked suspiciously like the size of a Super Nintendo. And we were excited when we got home and my dad opened up that present on Father's Day and it was a Super Nintendo. We were thrilled. But one thing that my dad loved about how all of that worked out is that the Super Nintendo was clearly his. Uh, It belonged to him. It was a gift to him. Now, don't get me wrong. My dad didn't spend a lot of time playing the Super Nintendo. That was me and my brothers. And we would get our different Super Nintendo games. And occasionally, shocker that brothers would do this, we would get into arguments over the Super Nintendo. And we would even say something like, well, that's my game. And at those moments, my dad would come into the room and say, well, it's my Nintendo. And I don't have to let you guys play with it at all. He was reminding us that anything we were bragging about at ours when it came to this thing, it all really belonged to him. Now you probably get where I'm going with this story. Because we have a heavenly father and many times we squabble with our Christian brothers and sisters about what we consider to be ours. And our heavenly father reminds us In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, it all belongs to him, and anything we have is a gift. And that thought should put an end to a lot of the squabbling that can happen within a church. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 4 a little more closely. And we remember here, 1 Corinthians, uh, it doesn't go through one big theological theme. Really, Paul is going through some different clear issues that were going on in the church. And the first one is division in the church. And we've really been tracking that issue through chapters 1, 2, 3, and now 4, where he'll kind of wrap things up on this. And he starts really with a section on divine accountability and how divine accountability should temper how we view ourselves and others. Um, And he talks about how he is a steward of Christ. And you think of a steward, right? That's someone that is taking care of something that belongs to someone 
else. A steward isn't taking care of his own stuff, taking care of something that belongs to someone else. And so that's why he says in verse three, but with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself. Now, clearly, again, from the context, that there's a way you could read that in which Paul's just like, I don't care what anybody else thinks about me. And you know what? I don't even care what I think about myself, right? That could come across very crass or arrogant. And clearly that's not what he is saying here. He's saying that, yes, ultimately it's not other people's opinion that matter. And ultimately it's not his own opinion, even that matters of himself. It is God's opinion. And that's what you see in verse four. He gets to, it is the Lord who judges me. And then verse five, therefore do not pronounce judgment before the time, before the Lord comes, who will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart. Then each one will receive his commendation from God because you need to be careful with how you view yourself and you should be careful about how you view others. And again, that's part of the division, people attaching themselves to certain teachers within the church. And that's something you can still see happen within local churches or amongst Christians at large. And that's where it's healthy to say, you know what, this teacher that you follow, you don't really know them. And ultimately, they are going to stand before Christ and the motives even of their heart in that moment, uh, the purposes of their heart will be revealed. And that is what is most important. So we need to view everything through that lens of divine accountability, which is something we talked about a little more in uh, chapter three. And then we see a lot of this really uh, come to a head in verses six and seven, where he says, I've applied all these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, brothers, that you may learn by us not to go beyond what is written, that none of you may be puffed up in favor of one against another. For who sees anything different in you? What do you have that you did not receive? If then you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? That's a big punchline in a lot of what's been going on in these first several chapters of 1 Corinthians. Why are you acting as if you've earned anything? Why are you acting as if everything you have is not a gift to you from God? Going all the way back to chapter one, it's not because you were wise. It's not because you were mighty. It's not because you were noble that you are saved. It's all because of Christ. And we still need that humbling thought. And then Paul gets pretty direct uh, with the Corinthians here. Even he gets uh, sarcastic uh, as he as he talks to them, right? In verse 8, already you, you have all you want. Already you have become rich. Without us, you have become kings. Uh, you're right. He's, he's being sarcastic in a lot of what he says in this next section, because he's basically saying, you're starting to talk like, oh, well, we're so good because look at how God is blessing us and you, uh, well, you guys are going through hard things. So God must not be blessing you guys as much. And again, it's showing the immaturity of the Corinthians because they're placing too much stock on people's status in this world. The Corinthians are saying, hey, well, look at us. Look how rich we are. Or, you know, look how well-respected we are. And all oh, that, well, the apostles, Paul, they're kind of poor, homeless 
Lewis traveling around. I mean, hey, we're in a better spot than they are. And that's very much viewing things through a worldly perspective. And Paul is exposing the immaturity of that thinking with his sarcasm here and then really calls them to imitate himself. And even now he does kind of directly say there in verse 15, for I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. And very directly in verse 16, I urge you then be imitators of me. In fact, that's why I sent Timothy to you to remind you of my ways in Christ. And he warns them of the arrogance of some. So Paul is saying, no, you need to follow my example because my example is not one of division or puffing up one person as opposed to another. Again, we'll see Paul's example in a place like Philippians 1 where he's saying, hey, these guys are preaching Christ literally uh, to stick it to me. But, you know, at the end of the day, as long as Christ is being preached, I'm going to rejoice. That's the kind of example he sets, not one of being territorial or divisive. He is all about the gospel. And that is the example that he wants to follow. And he gives one other big lesson towards the end in verse 19. It says, but I will come to you soon if the Lord wills, and I will find out not the talk of these arrogant people, but their power. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And again, when we start looking at various teachers, lots of times what what might distinguish some teachers from the rest is that they are gifted at talking. And you, you think even today of those that are popular in, in writing or speaking or podcasts, those kind of Christian leaders, clearly if they are popular in that, they've got some kind of skill in talking. But let's remember the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And that's where, well, the talking, some of that can be evaluated right now. Because if they're saying stuff that isn't biblical, well, we can evaluate that right now. But what we can't see behind these people that are talking is what's really going on in their heart. And that will be revealed someday. And really, I think a lot of things we need to care more about than just the talk or how something sounds is, well, what is the character? And often I think that power is going to really come from prayer and a lot of prayer that is happening in secret as Jesus taught. Those who I think will really be powerful in ministry will not just be able to talk. They will be people of character and people of prayer. And that really shows a lot of humility right there. And that should be a challenge for us. I don't just want to be a talker. I want to be a person of character and I want to be a person of prayer. And a lot of that will come from a mindset of Everything I have in this Christian life has been given to me. People that have that thought, just a a gratitude for what Christ has done and a humble dependence on him and a sense of accountability and responsibility as stewards of the things that he has given us, those will be the kind of people that work to avoid division and drama within churches. But those who are entitled those who are puffed up, those who think that they are special, that's where you're going to run into problems. So which kind of person are you going to be? Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.